everybody. Welcome to the Engage and Quip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. My name is John Sikotowski. I am the now previous communications coordinator here at High Point. I just finished shifting over into the director of kids ministries role, and I'm joined in this intro by the new voice of the podcast, uh, the new communications coordinator here at High Point, Ashlyn Lee. Hi, everyone. My name is Ashlyn, and I am the new communications coordinator at High Point Church. This is the second episode of our Chewing on Ephesians mini-series, which is part of our Engage and Equip podcast and is meant to help process the ideas that are discussed in the sermons during our Ephesians series. Nicole and John will be discussing the sermons from the month of May. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this, which is the second of our Chewing on Ephesians podcasts in our mini-series, Chewing on Ephesians, here in the Engage and Quit podcast. The reason we are doing this is to help you chew more on the various different things that we're talking about in the sermons on Sunday um, and things that are going on in your small groups as we're going through this Ephesians series together. So my name is John Sikotowski. I'm the communications coordinator here at High Point Church. Although... By the time this podcast is posted, will you still be? I think I will still be, but I will be gone. And Ashlyn <laughs> will also be. So. <laughs> so it'll be while we have two communications coordinators. Yes, you will receive this while we have two communications coordinators. Um, but yeah, shortly after this, I'll be the director of kids ministries, which is which exciting. Is, yeah, it's so exciting. Um, so why and I'm don't Nicole. You, yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Nicole and I lead all of the worship at High Point. Yes. Like the department and yes, not always on Sundays. Great. That's me. So we are here to talk through May, the various different passages that we've talked about on Sundays, Mm -hmm. um, how we've been thinking about those, how we've been applying them to our lives. And basically, we're just going to dive in. We Mm -hmm. haven't really talked about this beforehand Mm -hmm. and we're just going to see what happens. So, And the nice thing too for this one is that for May... It also just corresponds with chapter one of Ephesians. Mm-hmm. So this is just yes. our, our thoughts on chapter one. Yes. The first of the passages that Nick went through was in Ephesians 1, 1 through 6 and 11 through 14, where he was talking about election and predestination. And one of his big concepts in that sermon was that everything is a gift. And that's the sense that we're supposed to get mm-hmm. from the concept of election. The second week, we talked through redemption. Um, we talked about chapter one, seven through 10, and at least a big takeaway that was, that I got from that sermon was that God is lavish, that Mm. he does more than needs to be done for us. Um, and then the third sermon that we went through in May was from chapter one, verses 15 through 23 on the pleasure and the will of God. And, um, again, something that just stuck, stuck out to me from that sermon was, that Nick talked about how Paul's number one priority as an ambassador in chains Mm -hmm. was that we would know God better. That despite all the things he could have prayed for, the thing he prayed for was that we would know God better. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's basically the overview of what we went through in May. Yeah. So Nicole, Mm -hmm. was there anything from any of those three that really stuck out to you that you want to talk about more? either whether it was an excerpt mainly from the text or something mainly from the sermons or some sort of application that you've been wrestling with. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start with the first one? Yeah, let's Does start with good? the first one. So election and predestination. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
specifically the part of this sermon that uh, was a, was probably the biggest takeaway for me. And then we talked a good bit about this in our small group as well. But um, I don't think this was the main point that Nick was trying to make or mm-hmm. even the main point of the passage. But um, Nick talked about how Paul knew that his specific call was mm-hmm. to preach the gospel to Gentiles, so non-Jews. And he knew that the way he was going to do that was through traveling and going on these missionary trips and starting these churches and then going to the next one and to the next one and to the next one. That was his call for his life. Mm -hmm. But while he was writing this specific letter, he was in jail Mm -hmm. and he couldn't do that. And so setting the scene, it's like he, he couldn't do the very specific thing that he knew God had called him to. And so his life did not look the way that you would think he would want it to look. And yet, the way he starts this letter is in worship and praise. Mm -hmm. And he starts by saying, praise be to God. And then he starts listing all of these reasons why God deserves our praise, all these reasons why he's worthy of our praise, why we should praise him. And the whole point is that by the end of that section, we should be like erupting in praise of God. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was challenging to me because Mm. when I think about my life, it is really easy for me to see ways that my life doesn't look like I thought it would or Mm -hmm. expected it to, or honestly wanted it to. And I, I think the challenge to me was even if that's the case, mm-hmm. I can still find reasons and not just like um, half-hearted reasons, but wonderful, glorious reasons yeah. that God is still worth my praise and worship. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, so that was a challenge to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember similar to that. Um, one of the things that Nick mentioned was... Um, he gave like a little bit of commentary on our current cultural moment where he talked about how so often for us, choice is the only thing that fills things with meaning. Oh yeah. And um, I don't know, that really struck me when he talked about like, listen, for most of the history of the right. human race, like most of the things in your life, you could not choose. You still yeah. made choices, certainly, but like many of the large vocational moments in your life were mm-hmm. not choice. There was arranged marriages. You did what your parent, <laughs> like you took over dad's business. Like mm-hmm. you did all these things that were kind of set out for you. And the thing that gives those things meaning was not the fact that you chose them, but it's the way that you're doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, And he related that then to election and predestination and how Mm -hmm. so often we get wrapped up in this idea that if I didn't, if the most important thing isn't that I chose God, but God chose me beforehand and now I'm kind of walking into that. Well, then does that take away all the meaning of me being saved? And I found it really encouraging when Nick talked about like, no, no, (laughs) it doesn't. Like just because, just because you have been chosen before the foundation of the world does not take away from the meaning of what it means to be living as a Christian now. And that really struck me because, so a couple years ago, I really, really was wrestling with the, I, the concept of predestination and election. And I got like deep into some rabbit holes that like (laughs) just messed with my head. Um, and some of the ways that he, that Nick talked about 
how Paul is actually talking about election in this section yeah. and that he's not talking about it in such a way that he's trying to sort out all the hidden will of God, right. but he's just trying to present it in such a way that it would create thankfulness in us yeah. and that it would create deeper meaning in us um, was really helpful. That's so good. Because it was, it's kind of like taking that that wrestling of like, okay, exactly how does this work? Exactly what does this mean for like how I should do missions? What does this mean for like all the choices that I make in my life? Paul doesn't really like put those things on the table. Mm -hmm. He's not saying that this, that like talking about election and talking about predestination should affect those things. He's saying talking about election and talking about predestination should affect your worship. And that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about that other stuff. So that was, that was very helpful for me Yeah. to, um, I don't know, calm my crazy mind a bit, <laughs> yeah. which is, which is great. One of the things that you mentioned was that, um, be, even if God predestined our salvation, it doesn't mean that there isn't worth in it. Mm-hmm. And that that was really helpful for you. Someone just asked me a question kind of similar on those similar lines mm-hmm. that they were struggling with that specific thing. Like, how would you, can you talk a little bit more about how it, Helped you see that? Yeah. The passage or the sermon? Yeah. So I think the big thing for me was um, basically like when I was, when I was wrestling with this a couple years ago, like I was getting so wrapped up in, in just the question, like needing to know the answer to the question. Yeah. And that was like the only thing that I was focusing on was like, okay, did I choose God? Did God choose me? Was it some sort of combo of the two? Like, is it more about my choosing? Is it more about his choosing? I'm not sure. And, um, there was no meaning in that. Like it was just trying to solve this random question. Right. And so what was helpful, what was helpful for me from Nick's sermon and from the way that he talked about this passage and the way that I think really Paul lays out Mm -hmm. talking about election and predestination in this passage is, um, it helped just move past that question. Yeah. So that was the thing that helped with, with the worth question was yeah. just getting off of this question mm-hmm. and moving past into, okay, you don't need to know exactly how it works out. You just need to praise God for it and yeah. live in it, you know? Yeah. And so that was, I think the the helpful shift for me was just getting past that question and getting into the, okay, now what should I do you mm-hmm. know what should my response be as opposed to mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i like that how should i think like how should i figure out exactly how god works you right. know what i mean yeah totally i think i've been seeing that idea a lot lately in different conversations and hearing some counseling that nick was doing that like there are a lot of questions that we want to ask God that he's just not interested in mm-hmm. answering because there are other questions that yeah. he's more concerned about. Right, right. And I think what you when you said that the point isn't whether or not I know exactly the answer to this specific question, but rather what is my response to right, this? Right. And I, I think, think that's great. I think that's really what God has been teaching me in the last couple of years is yeah. to be settled on those things, to yeah. be like okay like I so quickly, I remember the big thing that was messing with me a couple years ago was like, I had been very much in one mindset and then was kind of introduced to a different mindset and then was confused between the two. And, um, the, the thing that was getting into my head was like, I needed, like, 
beforehand, I thought I kind of had God figured out, you know, like I thought I, I thought I had figured out this is how he acts. This is how he always acts. This is like, if I input A, I will get output (laughs) B, Uh you know what I mean? Uh And um, I think what God has been teaching me in the past couple of years, because of not answering that question is to relate to him as a person, you know, and to, to do the things that he has revealed for me to do, as opposed to getting so wrapped up in trying to solve these things that are in the hidden will of God. You know, I remember, I remember early on, um, hearing a lot like, oh, you know, there are some questions that we'll just never know the answer of this side of heaven. And I was like, that's stupid. I <laughs> I will know the answer to those questions this yeah. side of heaven. And, that's just um, an issue of people not thinking hard enough right, or exactly, working hard enough exactly. and being lazy with their brains. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, I now no longer think that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there are things that God... God says are true and says, this is how you should feel about them. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where he leaves it. Mm-hmm. And so that was really helpful for me from Good. that first sermon. That's great. Great. Anything else from that one? No. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving right along. <laughs> Sorry, to... Nick. We just summarized that whole thing <laughs> in approximately, what, eight minutes? I think, yep. <laughs> All right. And we'll try to use our final seven for the for the other two <laughs> sermons. So um, the second sermon was from Ephesians chapter one, verses seven through 10. And uh, mainly during this sermon, Nick was talking about redemption. Mm-hmm. And I know one point that stuck out to me from that was um, God's lavishness mm-hmm. in redemption. Yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Also, I do want to pause and say too, one thing that hopefully this is helpful with is that Nick has talked about specifically in relations to the book of Ephesians that um, Ephesians gets a lot more practical in the text mm-hmm. in the second half of the book. And the challenge is to not just read the first half and not right. see how it's practical. Right. Hopefully, the I mean, even in this very conversation that John and I are having right now, this is helpful for me to see other practical responses. Like mm-hmm. what he just talked about, that that knowing that God has predestined some things and not knowing the complete intricacies of all of that, he John is saying, my application is gratitude and worship mm-hmm. and not trying to sort out Amen. the specifics. And so hopefully this helps see that some, this is why we're doing this, like the conversation. This is why mm-hmm. we think being a part of a small group is so helpful because it gives you another opportunity to have these types of conversations. Yeah. And whether it's a high point small group or if it's just talking to someone about the sermon, either way, these conversations hopefully can help understand how these thoughts and more theological doctrinal things can still have really practical implications for your life. Totally. Totally. So I think the thing that stuck out to me with this sermon was, um, I don't know why, I, I don't remember what the process was because it was a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. that got me to this point. But one thing that really stuck out to me from this sermon was the application of like, our conceptions of reality matter. Hmm. So like, I, yeah, and I, I wish I could remember what it was about this sermon and it, cause there was something about the point of God's lavishness and like the fact that that's true, yeah. that struck me. Oh yes. And, um, what I was thinking about afterwards was like our conceptions of reality matter. And it's so important that I spend time. I mean, this, a big application for me from this was like, man, I need to make sure that I'm reading my Bible in the morning and then mm-hmm. I'm praying in the morning and then I'm taking time thinking, okay, 
I am a creature under a creator who has put me in the world for the life of the world mm-hmm. to know him and to make him known. Um, and like, that's what I'm here for. And our conceptions of reality matter because it's important that I see what's actually true about God and I see what's actually true about the way he's working in my life so that my actions are actually coming out of a true conception of who God is, yeah. that he's not, he's, and I think the thing that was, uh, a thing that was important from this text for me was that like, God isn't stingy. God isn't holding back. God isn't like, I'm not having to, um, to strive for things in my life because of God's like tight you yeah. know, like he is, he is lavish in everything that he's doing. And so when I'm stepping into all of the things that he's doing, that is like, that's the reality that I need to have in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, which sounds kind of abstract, but like, the big takeaway for me that as far as like, if we want to get really practical was like, man, I need to be reading my Bible mm-hmm. and like, I need to be praying and I need to be thinking about, okay, this is actually true. Right. And that needs to get into my head so that when I'm in all of my little interactions in all the rest of my, like the rest of my day, I'm doing those right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, yeah, I was reading a different book actually unrelated to this sermon series, but the idea was kind of the same idea. And it was making this argument that if what we base all of our conceptions about, and then therefore our response and actions to, Mm -hmm. if what we're basing that in is false, then we can't even think we've got the right reaction and response. And so we have to, be willing to think critically about and this particular book was talking about our culture that we live in and whether or not that culture is rooted in godliness or worldliness Mm -hmm. but this is i think true in the ways that we relate to god if what if we if what we're believing about him isn't based on what is actually true about him it can warp the way that we see daily interactions with another Mm -hmm. person, which Mm -hmm. I think especially, and we don't get to talk about chapter two, but like, especially as you talk about grace and boasting, that's so important to understand that God doesn't care about the works that we can bring to him in as far as our salvation is concerned. Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, the part from this section that really stuck out to me as it was relating to redemption, um, was just that uh, I think the way that Nick worded it is how, that we are so much weightier to God mm-hmm. than we think we are. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, that was so good. Yeah. And so if that is true, then it, then A, it is... Of, it, it makes it... He, of course, he wants to redeem us. Like his mm-hmm. desire is to redeem us. And it, that gets in what you were talking about, that his, it's so lavish what he wants to offer to us. Mm-hmm. But then the other side of that that we can't forget is that then if we are so much weightier, that means that we are capable of so yeah. much more than we think we are. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was really encouraging, but also uh, the practical side of that to me was my sanctification. Yeah. Then Amen. that means that I have more of an ability to s- reject my sin and my mm-hmm. sinfulness and more of a responsibility to that as well mm-hmm. than I want to think I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think something right along those lines that really stuck out to me too was like when Nick was talking about how, um, you know, in the ways that we're creative 
in how we come up with ways to be sinful. Like that creativity, what the, I don't know, to use a stupid phrase, the silver lining of that is that like you are more creative than you ever thought you were possible of being. And uh, yeah, I love that. The, um, yeah, when Nick was like, yes, you're a monster. But the good side of that is like, you've had this strength of Godzilla the whole time, yeah, you know, and yeah. you can use that for good too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that really struck me too as like, man, I can see now why my depravity matters yeah. so much to God when I get even like a little glimpse of right. what it is that he's trying to make me and what it is that like I'm capable of being mm-hmm. under him and like in his grace. Yeah. Yeah, it's I I think for me it's easy for me to see that when I'm and this isn't a right thing. Let me just say that from the beginning, but it's easy for me to see that when I'm looking at like a friend or a public figure who's not a Christian and yeah. I can see the things that are true of them and I can think to myself, man, like if God could redeem you mm. Then he yeah, could redeem so all of that of yes. you yeah. for his kingdom. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot slower to see that <laughs> in the parts of me that are still not yet redeemed. Yeah. That like he still can redeem that part of me for his glory and his kingdom and my good. Mm-hmm. I'm slow to see that. Yeah. Well, we're coming up on 20 minutes here. So we hope you enjoyed this the first month of the chewing on ephesians podcast going through the sermons in may um yeah we hope this is helpful to you as you are thinking about these things and listening to sermons and reading this text yourself Mm -hmm. we hope these things are helpful to you to to process these things to help them get a little bit deeper into your mind and heart and hopefully nicole and i have been helpful in modeling a way that you could maybe think about these things as you're going through them together in your small groups or in discussions with friends Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you'd like to find more episodes, you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and other apps like that. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.